Well, hey there, church family. We are so excited that you're joining us this morning. I know I say this every single week, but I'm so thankful that even though we can't meet in a physical location, that we can still worship together. We can still be family. We can still hear the word together. So I just wanted to say I'm so glad you're here joining us today. I wanted to remind you quickly before we dive into the sermon for today about all the ways that you can stay connected here at Legacy. Maybe you're watching this on Facebook or on YouTube, but the best way to stay connected with all of our resources is online at LegacyFamily.info. When you visit that on your smartphone, your tablet, your computer, you'll see that Legacy at Home card at the top. Just click that and it has all of our resources that you need to stay connected during this time of shut-ins and quarantining at home. So you can find apps, you can find books, you can find ways to give, you can find things for your kids, your teenagers to stay involved. So be sure to visit LegacyFamily.info for all of those needs. And before we move into the sermon today, let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you for this incredible time of worship. God, we thank you that even though we can't all meet together, that that your spirit transcends time and space, Father, that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is alive inside of us at this moment. So Father, I thank you that this word that's about to come forth, Father, that you help us to put it in the good soil of our heart, that you help us to take this word in, that it wouldn't fall by the wayside, we wouldn't get distracted, Satan wouldn't come and steal the, the goodness that you're about to speak to us. So Father, I just open our hearts right now In Jesus' name, wherever you're at sitting there, just ask him, say, Holy Spirit, open my heart to receive what you have for me today. Father, we love you. We thank you for the incredible opportunity it is to be sons and daughters. We love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, church family, get out your Bible, get out something to take notes with. If you actually, if you're online, you can scroll down and there's notes right there for you. We love you. We're so glad you're here. Let's dive into the word. Good morning, everybody. Let me take just a moment to say happy Mother's Day to all you awesome moms and all you awesome ladies who love the people around you so well. I know that I'm, I'm where I'm at today uh, because of a praying mom and a praying grandmother. And I just want you guys to know that you're making such a huge impact on your kids and the people around you. So keep up the good work. You're doing so good. We love you. We appreciate you. And we hope you feel celebrated today. So if you tuned in last week, you know that Pastor Brett started talking about our, our passion our passion for God. And it was so good. And I just encourage you to go back and watch that again if you haven't seen that already. Um, But today I wanted to build on that. And I want to talk about living our lives in such a way that we reverence God. It's so important that we live that way. Uh, Reverence means that we live our lives in such a way that we respect God, that we honor Him, that we put Him in that position to where He's more important to us than anything else is. Uh, Reverence means that we're so aware of who God is, and what he has done for us, that there's literally nothing that's more important to us than him. That's what it means to reverence God. When we live our lives with God as our number one focus, when we live our lives reverencing God like that, um, it doesn't matter what the news tells us. Um, It doesn't matter what people are arguing about on social media. Um, We're not shaken by that because we're so focused on the one who speaks 100% perfect truth to us all the time. And we're focused on that. And man, we just have such a peace and joy no matter what's going on because we're so focused on God. Now, I want to, this morning, what I wanted to do is we're going to talk about reverencing God. And I've actually been studying in the story of David lately. And specifically, I was studying the, the part of David David's life before he became the king of Israel. And as I was studying that, God started to make some comparisons between how David reverenced him during that time period and how we can reverence God through the times that we're living in right now. With all the mess that's happened in the world right now, he compared some of what we're experiencing right now to some things that David experienced before he stepped into his position as king of Israel. So this morning, I want to pull from David's story some keys that will help us to live our, live our lives reverence. God. 
I want to show you how living our lives with God as our focus will cause us to be successful even in this season that we're in right now where so many of us are being affected by the shutdown. So number one, a reverence for God will keep you on the path that God has for you. God loves each and every one of us so much. And because of that, he's made a, he's crafted this, this unique plan just for you, just for me, just for each one of us. It's so amazing. Uh, he's, he's made the kind of plan for us where we feel like our, we're fulfilling our purpose. He's made the kind of plan for us where we feel like we're making the world a better place. We're making a difference in the world for God. He's made a plan for us like that. And the closer that we are to God, the more that we live in reverence of him and, and who he is and what he's done for us, the clearer that we're going to see that plan for our own lives. That's just how that works. It's so amazing that he does that. When we're not close to God, when he's not a top priority to us, we're going to find ourselves making decisions our way. We're living our lives our way. We're going to make decisions based on our own desires. And that tends to make, you know, that can be good sometimes, but it can also really get us off track too when we make decisions based on our own desires. And that's exactly what happened to Saul. You know, if you look at King Saul, that was David's predecessor. He started making decisions his way. And that's what, that's what messed him up. You know, Saul was, Saul was chosen by God. He was chosen by God to be the king of Israel. That was his path. That was his destiny. That's what God had laid out for him. And Saul did some amazing things, man. He prophesied on God's behalf. Uh, Saul won some great victories for Israel. You know, he was a great warrior and won some great victories. And he, kept, he continued to follow this path and this plan that God had for him until one day he got impatient. He got impatient and decided to start doing things his way instead of doing things God's way. Basically, he lost his reverence for God. God was no longer the most important thing to him. Really, he became the most important thing to him. He became all about himself. He walked away from God's best for his life, and he never did repent, and he never did come back. And then we see the result of that when the prophet Samuel has to come and confront him about the choices he's been making. So in 1 Samuel verse 13, chapter 13 and verse 13, it says, How foolish, Samuel exclaimed, he said, you have not kept the command that the Lord gave you. Had you kept it, the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. So he would have established the kingdom of Saul over Israel forever. That's amazing. And it goes on to say, but now your kingdom must end, for the Lord has sought out a man after his own heart. The Lord has already appointed him to be the leader of his people, and because you have not kept the Lord's command. So if Saul had kept his reverence for God, if he had stayed on the path that God laid out for him, it said that God would have established his kingdom over Israel forever. But he didn't do that. So instead, God had to go with plan B. He had to go with, he had to go with David. And I want you to notice there that God did not walk away from Saul. Saul walked away from God. And then he had to deal with the consequences of the decision that he made. You know, God didn't leave him. That wasn't God's plan. Saul made that decision to walk away from God, though. And we need to know that God, has, for each of us, has such an amazing life. And we need to make sure that we stay on that plan and that path that he has for us as well. In 1 Corinthians 2, 9, we get a glimpse of what that plan looks like. And it says, that is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who loved him. So for you and for me, for each one of us, he's prepared things that are beyond our wildest dreams. I love thinking about that. I'm, I'm such a big dreamer, but I love thinking about the fact that God has plans for me and plans for you too that are bigger than your wildest dreams. And if we're going to access those amazing things that he's prepared for us, if we're going to step in and walk down that path and step into that life, we have to reverence him to the point that he's more important to us no matter, no matter what's happened in the world around us. He's more important to us than anything else. Uh, he's our priority, um, even no matter what they say on the news. 
Uh, he's our priority no matter what you're experiencing right now after spending 45 days at home with your kids. You know, crazy, I know. Um, he's your priority um, even no matter what you're experiencing after going to the grocery store for the third time and not finding any toilet paper. He's still your priority no matter what's happening around us. When we recognize that we haven't reverencing God, when we recognize that we haven't been prioritizing our relationship with Him, we need to do what Saul did not do. We need to come back to God and repent and say, God, I missed it. God, I got off the path. God, I got off track. And he'll forgive us and he'll restore us every single time. That's how awesome and how amazing God is. So number two, a reverence for God will cause you to grow. And I'm talking about growing into who God created you to be, even in the middle of social distancing, even in the middle of a shutdown. You know, it seems like a lot of people I talk to right now, they kind of feel like their lives are just on hold. You know, with everything going on, they can't go and do the things they normally do, can't go to the restaurants they normally go to, uh, they can't hang out with all their friends the way they usually have been hanging out with them, and they feel like it feels like people are just kind of sitting around waiting on things to end so they can get back to normal. There was a period of time in David's life where he was forced to distance himself uh, from his normal life. So basically, you know, part of David's story is God told David through Samuel that he was going to be the next king of Israel while Saul was still in power. And basically from the moment that, that, that God told David he was going to be king to the time that he actually fully stepped into his role as king of Israel, there was about a 20-year 20, 20 period. So it wasn't like he told David, hey, you're going to be king, and it just happened like that. There were 20 years. And a lot of stuff happened in David's life over that 20-year period. You know, at the beginning of that 20-year period, like I said, Saul is still king. And Saul is going through a period of his life where he's struggling with fear and depression. He actually has a spirit of fear and a spirit of depression that's just tormenting him. And one of the other people who, who's in Saul's kingdom, he gets the idea, he said, hey, I know about this guy named David. He plays the harp. He worships God. And I, I feel like that'll help you if you'll bring him in. So that's exactly what Saul does. He brings David in and Saul plays the harp for him. And as David starts to worship, it, Saul just has peace. So basically, David becomes super close to Saul. It's like so close to Saul that Saul actually makes him his armor bearer. Um, the Word of God says that Saul loved David so much that he puts him in this close, intimate position to where he's closer to him than almost anybody else is. And it's when David is in this position that he goes and kills Goliath. You know, Goliath shows up, one of the Philistines and starts mocking uh, the Israelites, starts mocking God's people, starts mocking God. And David shows up and says, hey, who are you to talk about God's people? And he takes them out. After that happened, basically Saul puts him as a commander, puts him in charge of the, of the army, you know, puts him in this position. And David goes out and he wins great battles. He's a, he's a, he's a great warrior. And he wins these great battles for the, for the army and these great battles for God. And as people start to recognize God's grace and God's hand on David's life, Saul gets jealous. And man, he gets so jealous that, he, that several different times he gets so jealous of David that he actually picks up a spear and tries to, tries to kill David. He throws, you know, David's sitting there playing his music and David picks up a spear and tries to pin him to the wall with it three different times. After that happens a few times, David finally gets the idea. He said, hey, I probably need to get out of here. And David leaves. He goes into hiding. And some, of David, some, some men actually follow David as he goes into hiding. Uh, basically, David has to step into his version of social distancing. And you can read through the history of this time period. And what's amazing is that you don't see David complaining. Um, you don't see David getting depressed. You don't see David withdrawing. What's really cool is you actually see David growing and developing into the leader that God called him to be. I was reading the other day in uh, 1 Samuel 23, 
And I believe I saw the reason that David continued to grow during this time period where he was being, being forced to distance himself from what his normal life was. And in 1 Samuel 23 and verse 2, it says, David asked the Lord, should I go and attack them? Yes, go and save Keilah, the Lord told him. So he asked the Lord. Jump down to verse 4, it says, So David asked the Lord again. And it says, And again the Lord replied, Go down to Keilah, for I'll help you conquer the Philistines. So twice now he's asked the Lord. In verse 9, it says, But David learned of Saul's plan and told Abithar the priest to bring the ephod and asked the Lord what he should do. So for the third time now he's asking God, Okay, God, what do I do here? And then jump down to verse 12. It says, Again David asked, Will the leaders of Keilah betray me and my men to Saul? So in, in just a few verses here, four different times, David asked God what he should do. David says, God, I don't know what to do here, so I'm just going to sit around. I'm going to wait. I'm going to seek you until I hear from you about what I need to do next. David did not make a move until he'd heard from God and knew what God wanted him to do, what direction God wanted him to do. Uh, that's where Saul missed it. Saul got impatient with God, and he decided to do things his way. But David had such a reverence for God. God was so important to him more than anything else that he didn't make a move until he'd heard from God. David grew during this time period of, of social distancing because he made hearing from God a priority. You know, if there's ever a time in our lives where we have to prioritize hearing from God, it's right now. You know, there's so much stuff happening in the world now. So many things, you know, so many different stories we're getting from so many different places. And it's so important that we can hear God directly for ourselves. And what's amazing is that God wants that. God wants that kind of relationship with us where we can hear that, hear his voice and hear what he's trying to tell us. In fact, Jesus is talking to us in John 16 and verse 13. And he says, but when the truth giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. He won't speak his own message, but only what he hears from the Father. So the Holy Spirit will speak to us what he hears from the Father. That's good. We need that. And it goes on to say he will, he will reveal prophetically to you what's to come. So there's so much question about what the future is going to look like. Part of what the Holy Spirit's going to do for us is he'll help show us what's to come there. And then verse 14, he will glorify me on the earth for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it to you. He's going to reveal, it to, reveal to us what we have because of Jesus. Now, Jesus is talking about what happens here when we receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And if you're wondering what that means, I encourage you to go back. I think it's on April 29th, a Wednesday night, Miss Shirley taught on the Holy Spirit. Go back and watch that video. It'll help you. It'll encourage you. Um, but I believe that when we're filled with the Holy Spirit, we gain the ability to hear perfect truth from God about who He is, who He's created us to be. And on top of that, uh, He'll reveal the prophetic things to us about the future. He'll show us things that are to come. So I just encourage you, instead of listening to the news or obsessing about who's doing what on social media right now, spend time with God. Dedicate time where you're asking the Holy Spirit to speak to you and learn to just respond to what He tells you to do. David grew in his calling uh, while he was in hiding, being hunted by a jealous king and his army because he wanted to know what God was saying. He grew because he was so focused on hearing what God was saying. And we'll grow into our callings. We'll grow into who God created us to be we'll, when we spend time hearing from God and what he's wanting to tell us. Instead of obsessing about how things are in the world right now, we'll have such a vision and passion about reaching people with the love of God that we won't care about the latest news story because that doesn't affect what God's called us to do. You know, no matter what's happened in the world right now, we're still called to love God and love people. That's, that's our purpose. That's what we're here to do. And that doesn't change no matter what's happening around us. 
We need to reverence God enough to take the time to hear what he's telling us, both through his word and through his Holy Spirit. And when we reverence God, we'll do that. We'll get better at hearing his voice. So number three, a reverence for God will cause us to represent God to our leaders. You know, going back to to David's story, King Saul was actively trying to kill him. I already said it three different times. Saul picked up a spear and threw it at David, trying to take him out. He did that three different times. And when that didn't work and David took off and went into hiding, Saul basically got his entire army and chased after David, trying to chase him down and kill him. After all that, David was presented with the opportunity to take Saul out. Uh, He was presented with the opportunity to kill Saul. So basically, while Saul and his army are are hunting David, Saul steps into a cave to go to to the bathroom at one point. And while he's in there, it it just so happens that the cave he chose to use the bathroom in is the very cave that David and his men are hiding in at that moment. So what David does is, uh, you know, David's men are saying, hey, David, this is your chance. Kill Saul, get him out of the way, and you can be the next king then. So David sneaks up behind him. And while Saul's standing there, he he doesn't kill him, but he grabs his robe and cuts off a little piece of his robe. Um, So after Saul leaves the cave, David's standing there, and he's actually feeling guilty about cutting Saul's robe. So he steps out of the cave where Saul and the army are, and he actually yells down to where Saul's at. And in 1 Samuel 24 and verse 10, it says, This very day, this is David talking to Saul. He said, This very day you can see with your own eyes it isn't true. For the Lord placed you at my mercy back there in the cave. Some of my men told me to kill you, but I spared you. For I said, I will never harm the king. He is the Lord's anointed one. Look, my father, at what I have in my hand. It's a piece of the hem of your robe. I cut it off, but I didn't kill you. This proves that I'm not trying to harm you and that I have not sinned against you, even though you've been hunting, me, hunting for me to kill me. So imagine facing the king that's trying to kill you, facing the king who tried to kill you himself, facing the king who's had his entire army hunting you down, trying to kill you, and basically saying, I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to show you mercy. I had the opportunity to take you out. I had the opportunity to become king myself, but I'm going to show you mercy right here. Saul repents to David. He says, man, I recognize I'm wrong. He repents. And things are great for a short while, but just like before, Saul gets jealous of David again and once again tries to step in and kill him. And once again, David is presented with the opportunity to take out Saul once and for all. You know, as, 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 as Saul and his army is pursuing David again, uh, one night David actually sneaks into Saul's camp and Saul's asleep in his tent there and David actually makes it into his tent and beside beside Saul's bed there he has he has a spear that same spear he'd probably tried to throw at David and David grabs his spear and the guy's with him and says hey this is your chance take him out but once again David shows Saul mercy and he makes that decision I'm going to show mercy I'm not going to kill this man that, that, that God appointed even though he's walked away from God I'm not going to kill this man and you might be thinking you know David had such a reverence for God and the fact that God had chosen Saul way all these years ago, that he refused to hurt him. Well, how does that apply to us today? How does that apply to our lives and what we're experiencing right now? It should affect how we approach those who are in authority over us right now. In 1 Timothy 2 and verse 1, it says, I urge you, first of all, to pray for all people. Ask God to help them intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. So notice that it says we're supposed to pray for them, intercede on their behalf, and give thanks for them. Well, who is it that we're supposed to do that for? In verse 2, it says, pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Savior. So it pleases God when we pray for those who are in authority over us. And that's regardless of their beliefs, 
that's regardless of their political affiliation, we're still supposed to pray for them. And if we'll do that consistently, it says the result is that we'll have quiet and peaceful lives. When I was preparing for this the other day, uh, God told me that if, specifically about this scripture, he said that if we're complaining about somebody who's an authority over us more than we're praying for them, then we're wrong. And man, that just hit me hard when he said that because it's so easy, no matter what your beliefs are, it's so easy to find people like that to complain about. But God said, instead of complaining to them, take that time you'd use complaining about them. Take that time you'd be ranting about them on social media and take that time to start praying for them. And I encourage you, if you'll do that, first, that's going to help you out. It's going to give you peace. But God said the result of doing that is that we can actually live a peaceful life. It can actually make that much of an impact. So I just want to encourage us to let's do that. Part of reverencing God is representing him to everybody, including those who are in authority over us. So just to, just to wrap this up, uh, let's make God a priority in every area of our lives. Let's make him that number one priority, make him more important than anything else. Let's have such a reverence for God that nothing matters more to us than him. Nothing that we hear about in the news, nothing with your job, nothing with your family, nothing matters more to you than him. And if we'll live that way, we'll step in, we'll step even more into what he's called us to do. And we're going to make a tremendous impact on the world because of it, even in the middle of everything going on right now. He's called us to change the world with everything going on right now. So the first step in reverencing God, the first step in, in having this amazing relationship with God that I'm talking about, where we can step into this plan that he has for us, is beginning the relationship with his son, Jesus. That's the first and most important step. I want you to know that Jesus loves you so much that he came to earth, died on a cross, and rose again on the third day to pay the price for every sin you ever will or ever, or ever will or ever have committed. He loves you enough that he did that. Also that you can have a life-changing relationship with God right now. Also that you can have an assurance. Also that you can know that one day in the future you're going to get to go to heaven. Man, he loves you so much that he did that. If you've never made that decision, but you'd like to, it's as simple as believing in your heart that Jesus came and, and died on the cross, did the things that we just talked about, and also making the decision that Jesus is the Lord of your life from this point on. If you'd like to make that decision, I'd like you to pray with me right now. Let's pray this together. Say, Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross and rose up on the third day to pay the price for my sin. Right now, I declare that you're the Lord of my life. I'm living for you from this day forward. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made that decision today, I want, I want to encourage you, please call the church. Let us know. Contact the church. Let us know the decision that you made because, man, we want to celebrate with you just like they're celebrating in heaven right now. Just know that we love you guys. We hope you have a blessed week, and we look forward to seeing you soon.